beginning this summer, back in June on the Feast of Corpus Christi, as many of you recall, the church in the United States entered the second and arguably the most pivotal year of the National Eucharistic Revival, called for by the bishops of the United States. And the purpose of this second year, this year that we are in now, this year of what they're calling parish revival, the purpose is to discern how we might, quote, heal, form, convert, unify, and send our parishioners through a rekindled relationship with Jesus in the Eucharist. The third year, beginning next uh, summer, is what they're calling the year of mission, where we're sent out spreading that flame of Christ's Eucharistic love that's been rekindled in our hearts to others. But I believe that um, today, this feast that we celebrate today, the Feast of the Transfiguration of the Lord, is a perfect depiction of where the church in the United States is right now. In this parish, or excuse me, in this year of parish revival, we're being led once again to the mountaintop to encounter our Lord Jesus in the Eucharist. We're, we're led to be captivated by Christ once again, filled with what Pope St. John Paul II described as Eucharistic amazement, but sorely lacking right now in our country. Jesus is inviting each one of us this year to revive our love for him and the Eucharist before he sends us out to share this love with others, to draw others to the Eucharist. We have to be set aflame, and that's what this year is about. And the USCCB, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has given parishes across the country a playbook, if you will, a series of invitations as to how we can make this happen, how we can bear the most fruit possible this year. And I was very struck by the first of these four invitations. I just want to highlight the very first one, and that is attentiveness to the Ars Celebrandi. That's probably foreign language to many of you. Um, Ars Celebrandi, what is that? What they mean is the art of celebrating the liturgy. Priests, in particular, like myself, and pastors, have a unique role to play in reinvigorating worship through the Aris Celebrandi, through fidelity to and a prayerful understanding of the texts and the rubrics in the church's liturgical books. This has long been a concern of mine since I was in the seminary, since I was ordained a priest. But especially now that the, the whole church is calling for this. If we want to encourage and rekindle, revi uh, revive Eucharistic faith in the life of the church, it makes sense. It begins and ends with the celebration of the liturgy, period. 
The church in the Second Vatican Council has given us an amazing analogy to help us understand the place of the liturgy in the life of the church. It's, quote, the summit toward which the activity of the church is directed. Think of, think of the top of Mount Tabor, where the transfiguration took place. It's the summit toward which the activity of the church is directed. And at the same time, it is, quote, the font from which all her power flows. If we pause and ponder this analogy for just a moment, it gives us a vivid picture of the whole of the church's life and mission. It shows us how all things flowing from the liturgy and leading back to it can work together for the glory of God, the sanctification of the faithful, and the transfiguration of the whole world with the light of Christ. So step one, the church in the United States is saying, step one for us this year as a parish, and for every parish, is then to elevate the liturgy. Which means placing the liturgy and our participation in it in its rightful place on the mountaintop at the summit of all that we do. This is so important. I cannot, I cannot stress this enough. This is so important. When we place the liturgy at the mountaintop of all that we do as a church, it can and will become the font, the life-giving font of everything else that we do. Serving the poor, engaging with the culture, evangelization, catechesis, private prayer and devotion. And it serves as the goal of it all as well. Our feast day today, the Transfiguration of the Lord, illustrates this perfectly. Think about it. Week after week, Sunday after Sunday, even weekday after weekday, we climb to the mountaintop when we celebrate the liturgy. With Moses and Elijah, with Peter, James, and John, we climb seeking the face of God. We behold Christ, who becomes transfigured before us with heavenly light, albeit in a mysterious and in a hidden way through the sacraments. And we seek to be transfigured with him and made pleasing in the Father's sight, just as the Father said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And we're drawn into Christ's perfect act of worship that is offered to the Father. That was what the transfiguration was. It was an act of worship. It was a worship event. And we're caught up in, in that, in the liturgy. And we receive a foretaste of and an actual participation in the wedding feast of the Lamb that lies in the heavens above. The liturgy of heaven. We're filled with grace 
And we're illuminated with the light of Christ so that we can share it with everyone that we encounter down below. And just like the disciples were sent back down the mountain, poured out like a font to bring refreshment to the farthest reaches of the earth. Our encounter with Christ in worship, just like Peter, James, and John's encounter with Christ on the mountain, is not just for ourselves. Its very nature is is missionary. It's meant to be shared with all. So, that's the vision. (laughs) The stage is set. The liturgy is where we begin in this year of parish revival. And I believe this is a time for great hope in the church. I really do. Right now, there is an opportunity across the country, in every parish, for deep and lasting renewal. That begins with each of us working together to elevate the liturgy in our parishes and in our lives. Once again, I'll quote the Second Vatican Council, which says, The liturgy is the font from which all her power flows, and at the same time it's the goal toward which all things are directed. Through it, God transfigures us, and through us, he transfigures the world.